Hello, my rebels. Maybe you can hear the traffic in the background. I'm not in the studio. I'm actually on the street. The intersection of Wellington and Bay Street in downtown Ottawa, outside the public inquiry into Trudeau's invocation of martial law. We are here not just today, but for the next six weeks, covering this commission of inquiry, making sure that Trudeau is not able to flip the script and put the truckers on trial. The whole purpose of this commission is to hold his feet to the fire for his invocation of martial law. I'm here and over the course of the next six weeks, 15 rebel news journalists will cycle through. It's gonna be very exciting. It's a visual story too, and that's why I want you to go to rebelnewsplus.com. Click subscribe, it's only eight bucks a month, and you will see these podcasts in video form, which I think is so valuable. So go to rebelnewsplus.com, click subscribe. All right, here's today's podcast. Tonight, the Trucker Commission of Inquiry gets underway in Ottawa, and Rebel News will be there every day. It's October 13th, and this is the Ezra Levant Show. Shame on you, you censorious bug. I'm in Calgary this morning, but by the time I land in the afternoon, I will be in Ottawa. I will be going to our special Airbnb studio. We have rented a private home for the duration of the Trucker Public Order Commission of Inquiry. That's the judicial inquiry into Justin Trudeau's use of a form of martial law under the Emergencies Act. Let me just backtrack a bit and give you some background. As you remember, in late January and February, thousands of truckers spontaneously converged on Ottawa and other places too, like Windsor, Ontario and Coots, Alberta, to protest against the violation of our civil liberties inherent in the vaccine mandates and other lockdown laws. It was beautiful because it was so real and so authentic and so Canadian and so organic. There was no master organizer of it, certainly no political party. Every political party in parliament, both government and opposition, loved the mandates and the lockdowns. None spoke against it. Every judge in every court supported them. Every mainstream media outlet absolutely propagandized for it. The colleges of physicians and surgeons hunted down any doctors who dared have a second opinion, and the police enforced it all. But these truckers alone, working-class, independent-minded Canadians from all across the country, from every racial and ethnic background, from Quebec, it was wonderful to see so many Quebec truckers converged in a very peaceful way in Ottawa. And Trudeau was embarrassed and shocked, and he tried to demonize them as violent, and he whipped up misinformation and hoaxes trying to blame them, saying they were violent, they were not violent. In fact, crime in Ottawa decreased as the truckers occupied. I use the word occupy very loosely. I went down there, and there were a few blocks of the city where the truckers took up most of the road, but they always left a lane free for emergency vehicles. And I should tell you, having been down there myself, it was the police that shut down the downtown. It was police that blocked the roads because they didn't want anyone else to come. It was not an occupation. It was a peaceful protest in the nation's capital. Not a single act of violence reported, let alone charged. It was beautiful. It was patriotic. It was hot tubs and bouncy castles. It was people spontaneously singing the anthem and waving Canadian flags. I have never been to such an event in my life. It felt like a festival 
of patriotism. And it was wonderful. One of the highlights for me was when I was asked by the truckers to stand up on their stage and give a few words. Here's a speech I gave about how I felt that moment that the truckers had an enormous victory. Take a look at my one minute on the stage of the trucker convoy. To not be violated anymore. Justin Trudeau says you're extreme, but he's the one who has violated our civil rights. Pretty bloody big fringe. Let me close by saying this. Someone asked me this morning, what's the point? What's gonna happen? Why did we all gather in Ottawa? Is he gonna listen? Is he gonna resign? Is the governor general gonna ask him to step down? No, he'll hold on to power as hard as he can. Let me tell you what I think the point is. The point is the convoy itself, to show that you're not alone, to show that you're not the crazy one they are, to show that you're not the Canadian one they are. You already achieved your goal just by being here. And the fact that millions of dollars came into the GoFundMe for the truckers, would have cancelled that, it was still a success because it was a measurement of how much people cared. You have succeeded just by being here. Keep up the fight. Congratulations to the organizers, but really, it was millions of Canadians along the way in the convoy and watching today from home. Tell Tell them what you saw, because they will not hear the truth from anyone else. Keep up the fight, everybody. Keep fighting for freedom. I enjoyed being there. I was only there for a few days, but Rebel News reporters covered that convoy more comprehensively than any other media organization in Canada. We had reporters, Lincoln Jay and Alexa Lavoie, both fairly new to Rebel at the time. I think they worked 23 days straight in Ottawa. Alexa herself got shot in the leg by a riot cop who clearly knew who she was and just hated the fact that she was telling the truth. Take a look at this awful moment. This was the lowest moment in the seven and a half years of Rebel News. This was the worst moment. Take a look. Can you believe it? I called up Alexa 20 minutes after she was shot and I said, go to the hospital now. And she said to me, no. I will stay to report on the rest of this protest before I go. I can't believe her courage, but that courage was the same as all of our rebel journalists, Celine Galas and Mocha Bazirgan, who embedded themselves with the convoy as it went across Canada. Sydney Fizard, Kean Simone, who went down for nine days straight in the same set of clothing to cover the Coots blockade. David Menzies and Isabel Ravoche, who went to the Windsor blockade. I'm not going to try and name everyone. Drea Humphrey. We had a total deployment of our team. I remember one weekend we had 19 rebel reporters covering the truckers. It was our time to shine, the moment we had been preparing for 
our entire company life. When we started, our motto was telling the other side of the story, and our style was citizen journalism, and our, our rule was take no money from the government. We didn't know it at the time, but the first five years of Rebel News' existence was practicing and training and preparing for this great crisis. For when it came, we were the only major media organization. I call us major. We're tiny compared to the big guys. But we had 19 reporters on the ground, and it showed. All around the world, people looked for the facts about the trucker convoy, and they went to Rebel News, not the CBC, which is merely Trudeau propagandists. Our journalists were on... Fox News, Sky News, ITV, Deutsche Welle, all over the world. It was a wonderful moment, and we helped tell the truth and stop the regime media from smearing this protest, which was clearly their ambition. They wanted to say these people were terrorists, they were extremists, they were white supremacists, they were violent. None of those things were true. There was violence, as I mentioned, but it was violence against the truckers and against reporters. There was no racism. In fact, many heroes of different backgrounds were born during the trucker convoy. One of my favorites is Palminder Singh, the great Sikh trucker who showed just how diverse this was. It was wonderful. Anyways, it was a disaster for Trudeau on a policy level and a PR level, and he panicked. He made an unforced error, and he brought in a form of martial law under the Emergencies Act, a law that has never been used in Canada before and was intended to fight off a war or a violent insurrection, Trudeau in invoked it because there was some horn honking in Ottawa by some truckers. What a pitiful excuse for a leader he was. And he overdid it. He deployed horses to stomp on people. Remember this awful, awful moment that was shown around the world. Oh, come on through. Come on through. What is happening here? Wow, what is this lady doing? Trampling. Trampling horses. Trampling. Stop it. Stop it. That was dramatic, deploying uh, horses to stomp on protesters, but there were countless small moments of tyranny, things that belong more in Venezuela, Cuba, Iran, China, not Canada. Remember when this elderly man, five foot feet high, was physically abused simply because he honk-honked his horn in support. This was one of the most disgraceful moments I saw of police brutality at Trudeau's direction. Remember this? For what? Hey! What are you doing? Hey! Hey! That's assault! I've got it all on video. Yeah, he failed to ID. And I went to turn away to walk away to the van, and uh, he, I went to turn, and he grabbed me by the shoulders, and then said, you are under arrest. I, I'm afraid to go out of the house. I'm afraid of them. Of course, the great overreach was the invocation of martial law, seizing bank accounts. Apparently only 200 of Trudeau's uh, opponents had their bank accounts seized, which is atrocious. No one should have. But those 200 spooked probably 2 million Canadians who thought, well, I'm a conservative. I oppose Justin Trudeau. I may have donated to the truckers. I may have donated to the Conservative Party or Maxime Bernier's People Party. Am I going to have my bank account seized? We don't know the total number, but it wouldn't surprise me if billions of dollars was withdrawn from Canadian banks and relocated to the U.S. or another jurisdiction with the First Amendment beyond Trudeau's reach. Luckily, even some of Trudeau's own senators were shocked 
and appalled by his misconduct, and they balked and they refused to support the Emergencies Act when it went to the Senate, and Trudeau had to walk it back. But the spell was broken. The false consciousness that all Canadians supported the lockdowns and vaccine mandates and Trudeau's brutal language, that was broken. I mean, this was actually considered acceptable. Remember when Trudeau said, do the unvaccinated take up too much space? Should we even tolerate them? Aren't they just misogynistic? Here's a few video clips that were considered normal and that, if anything, got cheerleading from the media party. None of these atrocious, bigoted statements I'm about to show you were condemned by the media. They loved it. Remember these? Les gens qui sont farouchement opposés à la vaccination. Qui sont extrémistes. Qui croient pas dans la science, qui sont souvent misogynes, qui souvent racistes aussi. C'est un, un, une petite, un petit groupe, mais qui prend de la place. Et là, il faut faire un choix en tant que leader, en tant que pays. Est-ce qu'on est qu tolère? Get vaccinated. And you know what? If you don't want to get vaccinated... That's your choice. But don't think you can get on a plane or a train besides vaccinated people and put them at risk. We need to be strong in the decisions we're taking going forward. Truckers pierced that balloon, not just the thousands of truckers, but the hundreds of thousands, maybe even a million Canadians who went out along the highways and overpasses to watch them and see them. And they weren't just watching and seeing this amazing democratic phenomenon. They themselves were realizing that they had been lied to by the regime media, that there was this artificial unanimity. Trudeau kept saying 90% of people support this. 90% of people took the jab. I don't believe that statistic is true, actually. But if it is true, it's because people were forced to on pain of being terminated. The people who went out to cheer for the truckers, this was their way of proving that they weren't the crazy ones, even though everyone said they were. But Trudeau, who was destroying our civil liberties, was the crazy one. A lot of good things started to happen. Justin Trudeau, of course, showed his a true face. He bared his fangs, and I think people don't look at him the same way since. Aaron O'Toole, who initially told his caucus never to talk to the truckers, he was thrown out by his conservative caucus that was sick of him being a liberal Me Too. Jason Kenney, who bizarrely became one of the most abusive enforcers of the lockdowns, he was thrown out by his party as well, replaced by Daniel Smith just last week, who has repeatedly said that the lockdowns were civil liberties disaster and who, in fact, said she would apologize to Albertans who were punished by the lockdowns and the mandates. The truckers did a lot of things. And Trudeau didn't forget that. Trudeau is a vengeful man. He has vendettas. He wants to get even. It's one reason why he extended the ban on travel for unvaccinated people longer than any other country in the free West. Only China and countries that abusive and totalitarian, North Korea, had those kind of punitive rules against the unvaccinated as long as Trudeau did. Trudeau failed in large part because of our coverage, but now he's getting a do-over. This judicial commission that I referred to that is now six weeks in the going to run in Ottawa, if you actually look at the mandate, the terms of reference, you'll see that what was supposed to be putting Trudeau on trial for his violation of our civil liberties, well, Trudeau has told the judge, nah, I'm not much interested in that, mate. I want you to put the truckers on trial. I'm going to read now from the official mandate letter that was given to the judge by Trudeau. A, the evolution and goals of the convoy and blockades, their leadership, organization, 
and participant. Let me, let me back up a bit. Let me read the, the preceding line. The commissioner must examine issues to the extent relevant to the circumstances of the declaration and measures taken. So Trudeau is ordering the judge to focus on these things. The evolution and goals of the convoy and blockades, their leadership organization and participants, the impact of domestic and foreign funding, including crowdsourcing platforms. C, the impact role and sources of misinformation and disinformation, including the use of social media. Hang on, none of those things there have anything to do with what Trudeau did. Putting the truckers on trial for misinformation is a laugh. I mean, the CBC went with this crazy story of, of misinformation and foreign meddling. Look at this nut bar. By the way, she has since been promoted at the CBC. Here she is saying the, the Putin, Vladimir Putin was behind the truckers. I'm laughing, but it's so deeply embarrassing for the regime media. Remember this? Canada's support of Ukraine in this current crisis with Russia. It, I don't know if it's far-fetched to ask, but, but there is concern that... Russian actors could be continuing to fuel things uh, as this as this protest grows, but perhaps even instigating it from from the outset. She's being promoted. Uh, but my point is, this trucker commission has been instructed by Justin Trudeau not to scrutinize too closely Trudeau himself, but rather to put the truckers on trial and their misinformation as if misinformation or as if um, the trucker leadership in some way would justify the, the uh, suspension of our civil liberties. You know, Trudeau doesn't really believe in the rule of law. We know this from countless examples. I'll give you a few of them. He doesn't believe that norms about sexual assault apply to him. You'll remember when he was caught having sexually assaulted Rose Knight in Creston, BC, he just shrugged and told journalists, well, <laughs> she experienced it differently. Remember that? This lesson that we are learning in, and I'll be blunt about it, often a man experiences an interaction as being benign or not inappropriate, and a woman, uh, particularly in a professional context, can experience it differently, and we have to respect. He's been doing it his whole life. He gets away with things. You know, he tells the story of, uh, of when his own family had a run-in with the police. His father just made a few phone calls as a child and made the whole thing go away. He was grown up believing that he was above the law. Remember this shocking interview? I think this was with Vice. He got in a terrible, terrible car accident, uh, and his truck tumbled, uh, and a Sucrets box went flying across the highway. And um, when the police were helping him clean up and tow, they opened up the Sucrets box, and there was a couple of joints inside. Um, so he was charged with possession. When he got back home to Montreal, my dad said, okay, don't worry about it reached out to his friends in the legal community, got the best possible lawyer, and was very confident that we were going to be able to make those charges go away. We were able to do that because uh, we had resources. My dad had a couple connections. You don't have to reach back into ancient history. Trudeau fired his attorney general, Jody Wilson-Raybould, the first indigenous justice minister in Canadian history, because she wouldn't let him rig a criminal trial for bribery and corruption of his pals at SNC-Lavalin. He literally fired the justice minister because she wouldn't let him meddle in that trial. Remember that? And of course, his repeated corruption and violation of the Conflict of Interest Act. He just won't stop taking gifts and benefits, a $100,000 secret vacation on Billionaire Island in the Bahamas. 
He is rebuked again and again and doesn't give a damn. Why should he? The laws are for the little people. Even Rebel News shows that he doesn't care about the law. Twice, Justin Trudeau's hand-picked debates commission banned our reporters from going to cover those debates. Twice, the federal court ordered us in. And when our reporter, Alexa Lavoie, asked him about that, he didn't care. He simply did not believe that he had to obey a judicial ruling merely hours old. Remember when Alexa and Tamara put questions to him? Here's a reminder of that. The only reason that I'm allowed to ask you this question is because today the federal court ruled that the government doesn't have the right to determine who is or is not a journalist. This is the second election in a row that the court had to overturn your government. Do you still insist on being able to make that decision and why? First of all, questions around accreditation were handled by the press gallery and the consortium of uh, networks who have uh, strong perspectives on quality journalism and the important information that is shared with Canadians. Uh, the reality is organizations, organizations like yours uh, that continue to spread misinformation and disinformation on the science around vaccines, around how we're going to actually get through this pandemic and be there for each other and keep our kids safe is part of why we're seeing such um, unfortunate uh, anger and lack of understanding of basic science. And quite frankly, your I won't call it a media organization, your group of uh, individuals uh, need to take accountability for uh, some of the polarization that we're seeing in this country. And I think Canadians uh, are cluing into the fact that uh, there is a really important decision we take about the kind of country we want to see. And I salute all extraordinary hardworking journalists that put science and facts at the heart of what they do and ask me tough questions every day, uh, but make sure that they are educating and informing Canadians from a broad range of perspectives, which is the last thing that you guys do. Yeah, so Justin Trudeau, why would he think this judicial inquiry about his misconduct during the truckers is of any interest to him? His goal is to pervert it, to turn it around and put the truckers under the microscope rather than his own conduct. It's my mission that he do not, does not succeed with that. I believe that Rebel News journalists helped foil Trudeau's propaganda plans when the convoy came to town. I know this to be a fact because we had such an enormous viewership of our videos and tweets and Facebook posts and Instagram posts. We had more eyeballs on our coverage of that story than we had in the entire year of 2021. People were interested and they were interested, as our motto says, in the other side of the story. That's why we're going back to Ottawa. We've rented the Airbnb. We've turned it into a local studio. I'm going to be there as many days as I can. We've got 15 Rebel News reporters who are going to rotate through this little Airbnb. They're going to stay there in the Airbnb. We're going to use the living room of this Airbnb as a little studio. We're not just going to analyze what's going on in this uh, commission of inquiry. We're going to have reporters on the streets. We're going to interview witnesses and lawyers. I should tell you, we know there are a few good guys on the inside of this commission. Keith Wilson, a lawyer for the truckers, uh, he's with the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedoms. Alan Honor, also a lawyer for some truckers, he's with the Democracy Fund. Both of them have been granted intervener status with this commission of inquiry. 
So it's not just government lawyers engaging in a Trudeau-pian cover-up. There's a couple of lawyers whose mission is to elucidate, not obfuscate. So if you're wondering what we're up to, well, there's a lot going on in Rebel News. We have a team of journalists going overseas right now to cover the World Health Organization Summit at the giant United Nations Conference in Berlin. That's very important. In fact, some of our best reporters are headed over there. Guillaume Ra and Alexa Lavoie, Tamara Ugolini, Ed Crawford, and, of, uh, of course, uh, Drea Humphrey. So we've got five journalists, three on-air talent, and two producers and video editors. So we're, we're covering the World Health Organization in Berlin right away. But we are going to put through 15 different reporters over the next six weeks in Ottawa. And if you can help me out, please do. You know, renting that Airbnb for a month and a half, that big, that location, that close to the inquiry, it's about $15,000. And when you add in the other costs of supporting our team, flying them there, helping keep them going, you know, uh, we have other costs in the city, whether it's Ubers or food and just getting our people in and out because no one's going to do all six weeks together. I think we're going to wind up spending about $30,000 covering this trucker commission. And if you want to follow the trucker commission or help us chip in to cover it, please go to truckercommission.com. Anyways, I'm here in Calgary reporting, recording this. I've got to go right away. I'm going to get on a plane right now. I'm going to fly to Ottawa, and I'm going to join our head of video, Efron Monsanto, and our wonderful young reporter based in Ottawa, William Diaz-Berthiom, who's on the ground already. So when I see you next, I will be in our nation's capital, and I'll tell you what the Airbnb is like. So goodbye from Calgary, and I'll see you in a minute from Ottawa. Well, hello. When I recorded my monologue this morning, I was in Calgary. That's where we were doing the documentary premiere of our movie called Ungovernable. It was about Alberta sovereignty. That was a great event last night. Started the day in Calgary. I'm here in Ottawa. It's not nighttime yet. I'm standing in front of 395 Wellington Street, the intersection of Wellington and Bay. This is the Library and Archives of Canada, which is the forum for the Commission of Inquiry, run by a judge into Justin Trudeau's invocation of the Emergencies Act. And with me is our friend William Diaz-Berthiome, our on-the-ground Ottawa reporter who has been here all day. In fact, he lives in Ottawa, so he's become quite good at spotting politicians on these streets, running after them and putting great questions to them. Yeah. William, I think you've been doing an amazing job, and you've continued that today. Great to see you. Good to see you too, Ezra. Yeah. Now, tell me a little bit about the, how the day has gone. I want to tell you one of the most exciting things to me. I don't have it in my pocket. Oh, I think I do. I'm talking about the accreditation. I'll show you mine. The accreditation of 13 Rebel News journalists. Uh, and I see you have yours as well. That feels great. So we are officially part of this process. Yeah, no, exactly. So we're basically sitting in the media room alongside all the other mainstream media reporters. Are there. I know Western's tender also got a credit, so we're going to be able to see them. So, no, it's great. We're good. We have access inside the building. We're able to scrum the people coming out when Omar Al-Jabra is going to show his little face in the building, when Justin Trudeau is going to be here as well. We're also going to be able to scrum them. I don't think they're going to be happy to see us, Ezra. Right, because they do their best to block us. They blocked us from the leaders' debates, although twice the federal court is accredited to us. You know... 
the fact that I'm talking about this, I shouldn't have to talk about this. We're in a free country, and we have the right to ask questions of our political leaders. The fact that the government is so obsessed of restricting questions gives us a hint about how badly needed this inquiry is. Justin Trudeau simply doesn't believe in civil liberties. And the fact that you and I will have a chance to put questions to him will infuriate him. And frankly, it'll infuriate a lot of the media party, because remember, they are the ones who have blackballed us from the parliamentary press gallery. Uh, tell me about some of the scrums you actually started. I saw the video clips. Why don't you set up the Tamara Leach clip, and then we'll talk about the Keith Wilson clip, And because um, there's a story behind both. Go ahead and tell us what happened when you saw Tamara Leach. Yeah, so basically Tamara Leach was coming into the building after one of the recess that were there and I, I saw her and she saw me so she kind of came and shook, shook my hand but she didn't talk to any of the reporters I think because of her bail condition she's not fully allowed to, to, to you know talk to reporters which I find absolutely outrageous mm -hmm. you know in, in Russia it's not even that bad it's yeah. Vladimir Putin's Russia right um, so no, she couldn't talk to the reporter but her lawyer actually agreed to speak to me and later on I, I asked him if he could give us an interview and he agreed to have the interview so I started doing an interview with him and I, you see in the video about two minutes after not even two minutes after I start questioning him some mainstream media reporters CTV, National Press, Global, Globe and Mail um, CBC News reporter come, uh, come around us and actually came to the scrum that I initiated so that was, that was pretty funny to, to watch yeah. well that's pretty fun let's take a quick look at that Tamara Leach interaction How are you doing? We just want to say hi to you. Any comment, Keith? Are you going to be there every single day? Why? Why is it so important to you? That was a brief one, but here's uh, how your Keith Wilson interview went. We won't play the whole thing, but I want to show the point you made. You, no one was talking to these people. You went up to them, and it, I would say it was a benefit to the other media that Rebel News and you in particular showed them who the newsmakers were, they would have ignored these people. I don't know why the rest of the media keeps us out other than ideological differences and maybe they think we're a competitive threat. Yeah, well, I think it's because we ask tough questions, right? You, you talk about the media, but I think there's more to the media. There's also the government in, uh, uh, above it, right? You got Omar al Jabra that I always put a mic up to his face and he's not able to answer a single question. He's not used to questions yeah. that aren't so loving. Yeah, well, you saw, you saw him have a meltdown, a literal meltdown when I saw him for the fourth time in front of parliament. He, he was meltdown. He said, I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to talk to you. I never saw him scream before and that's the first time he actually screamed at me. Let's take a quick look at that for those who don't remember. Take a look. Why don't you want? To, why don't you want to talk to Canadians that you're supposed to represent? To no, you don't, because we've got a million viewers watching us on YouTube, and you absolutely refuse to answer the question. Why do you have so much contempt for conservative Canadians? I I don't want to talk to you. You don't want to? No. Is it because it's too hard? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> too difficult. Why why do you have so much contempt for conservative Canadians across the country to the point that you refuse to even address them I, when we I, ask questions? I love Canadians. It's just you do so much harm to Canadians with your misinformation. What, what did I say was misinformation? Name me one thing. But I wish you all one with thing. your career. I wish you all with your career because this is a great job for you. This is incredible, folks. Name me one thing that was misinformation. Just one. Well, that's exciting. I'm thrilled that we're here. I'm going to be here. I want to tell you that every night we can, we're going to have a live stream on the day's experiences. So we are going to 
we just came from the Airbnb. We rented a really big Airbnb just a few blocks away from this building. It couldn't be closer. Like it's so fast to walk here, it's faster than taking a cab. And we did that on purpose, so we're very close access to here. It's got four bedrooms, so we're gonna rotate through Rebel News journalists for the next six weeks. And and we've got a little mini TV studio set up in there. So every day we're gonna talk to people, talk to reporters, talk to witnesses. We're gonna have a live and stream as well, right? We're gonna have a daily live stream. We're gonna be able to explain exactly what exactly happened during the day and what, what you need to know about the inquiry. Yeah, I'm very excited. This is a big project for Rebel News. I mean, just booking this Airbnb alone was about $15,000, which sounds shocking. But when you realize we're getting it for a month and a half and it's right downtown and we're using it as a studio, I think it's a good investment. We're, we're going to cycle through 15 different reporters and producers. So we might actually have to get a few more press accreditations. And it's not just uh, witnesses and lawyers. I mean, there's a lot going on. There's going to be street protests. You were here and you said there were protests on the street this morning. Is that right? Yeah, this morning there were about five people that were here this morning with a Canada flag, with a Canada flag to basically protest, you know, the federal government. Same thing as we saw during the convoy. And I, I just want to mention one more thing. As you know, uh, we love the Democracy Fund. That's a registered CRA charity that supports a lot of trucker lawyers. And Alan Honor. Uh, one of the lawyers for the Democracy Fund, he actually received intervener status. Uh, so has the JCCF, by the way. Uh, so there are some good guys on the inside. We already mentioned Keith Wilson. I just want to show you a clip of Alan Honor's statement today from the Democracy Fund. Take a look at this guy. My name is Alan Honor, and I am the litigation director for the Democracy Fund. The Democracy Fund is a registered charity and a civil liberties organization. As you've heard, we're sharing standing with the JCCF and with Citizens for Freedom. Our interest in this inquiry arises from our legal work. In February of 2022, we sent lawyers to Ottawa and to Windsor to provide demonstrators with legal information about their rights when protesting, as well as the limitations of those rights. Around the same time, we were granted intervener status as a friend of the court at the Superior Court of Justice in, the Win in Windsor over the Ambassador, Ambassador Bridge injunction proceeding. Currently, we represent dozens of persons who have been criminally charged in relation to the protests at Ottawa, Windsor, and Coots. And we represent thousands of others who have been charged under the Quarantine Act or provincial offenses related to the pandemic. We've also brought applications between, before superior courts and the Federal Court of Canada, challenging laws related to the pandemic. Our objective is to participate in the fact-finding process of this inquiry, particularly as it relates to uncovering the truth about why the federal government invoked a public order emergency and how they used their powers. From our perspective, the government did not meet the requisite legal grounds to invoke a public order emergency for the same reasons you heard from counsel for the Freedom Corps. It follows that the extraordinary measures the government invoked were therefore inappropriate and indeed outside their jurisdiction. Our questions and our submissions will focus on these central issues. Thank you. 
Well, there's a lot going on. It's a bit of a drizzle here. You and I get, are getting a little bit wet, but, bit, yeah. but we're both waterproof, so it's no problem. It's very exciting to be in the heart of Ottawa and to be accredited to cover this and to have some good lawyers on the inside, Keith Wilson, Alan Honor, and I think there's a couple others. So I think this is a very important project for us because I think that Justin Trudeau wants to use this inquiry to flip the tables, turn the tables, and put the truckers on trial, whereas the whole point of it is to put him on trial, a sort of trial, for his decision to suspend our civil liberties. The regime media, the media party, are going to try and help Trudeau turn it around on the truckers. It's our job to shine a light of scrutiny on the truth and to ask the questions that this commission should ask why did Justin Trudeau suspend our civil liberties? Why did he deploy riot police against peaceful protesters? Why did he seize bank accounts? Why did he put us in a form of martial law? That's what's interesting, not what some truckers said. Yeah, well, that, that's exactly the point. You know, the point of the commission is not to see if the what the convoy protesters did were illegal or if it was justified or if, if it was all right. It's see if Justin Trudeau's response to a protest was justified, if, if that was something legal to do. Well, William, we're so proud of your work on the streets of Ottawa en français and in English. You're doing a great job. I love your interactions with the cabinet ministers, especially your best friend, Omar Al-Gabra. Great to see you. I'll be here today and tomorrow, and we're going to have Rebel News reporters cycling through from Wellington Streets in downtown Ottawa with my friend William Diaz-Bertillon. This is Ezra Levant. Back to the studio. Well, when I said back to the studio, it's just me actually standing here in Ottawa because I didn't go back to the studio. I'm here. Uh, listen, I'm very excited to be here. And William and our, uh, our friend Efron Monsanto and Kian Simone are here and more journalists on the way. We really are going full tilt like we were during the convoy itself. If you want to help us out, go to truckercommission.com. That's where we're going to compile all of our journalism from this event. So it's going to be a very valuable resources for that alone. And if you want to chip in to help us cover our Airbnb and travel and other expenses, please do. It's not a fancy Airbnb. It's just large enough that we can stay there and have a little studio in the living room. So if you want to go to truckercommission.com, I'd appreciate it. All right. Until uh, next time, on be until tomorrow, on behalf of all of us here at uh, the Public Inquiry, to you at home, good night and keep fighting for freedom. We've rented a giant Airbnb right next to the Trucker Commission of Inquiry. For the whole six weeks, we are gonna staff it with Rebel News journalists. We're taking shifts. 15 of our reporters are gonna cycle through this Ottawa studio, and we are gonna cover the Trucker Commission of Inquiry as carefully and comprehensively as we cover the convoy itself. But I need your help. Please go to truckercommission.com to help me cover the extraordinary costs of this important journalistic mission. The trucker convoy was the greatest force for freedom in Canada during the entire pandemic lockdown. They did more for freedom than any political party, any opposition leader, any judge or court, any mainstream media. And they won and they did it in a beautiful, peaceful Canadian way, a very patriotic way with their bouncy castles and hot tubs. It was wonderful, and Trudeau raged against it. He sent his riot police. He declared a form of martial law under the Emergencies Act. He even started to seize the bank accounts of his political opponents, but the truckers won. They made Trudeau blink. And another thing happened is that by using that form of martial law, Trudeau started a process where he now has to answer for it 
in front of a judicial inquiry. Here's the thing. That inquiry is starting now in Ottawa, and we have to be there every day to cover it as intensively as our Rebel News reporters covered the original trucker convoy in the first place. Because this trucker inquiry, this judicial inquiry, is being used by Trudeau to revise history, to rewrite what happened in February, to try to demonize the truckers in a way that didn't happen. Trudeau lost the first round, and so he has rigged this inquiry to have a do-over. Let me prove it to you. This judge can't inquire into anything he wants. He has to follow a list sent to him by Trudeau himself. Let me read to you the five points that this judge is directed by Trudeau to look at. Isn't that quite something? Trudeau can set the terms of his own review. Here's an example of what's going to be done at this commission. The judge has to look into A, the evolution and goals of the convoy and blockades, their leadership, organization, and participants. B, the impact of domestic and foreign funding, including crowdsourcing platforms. C, the impact role and sources of misinformation and disinformation, including the use of social media. And there's two more points, but those first three points, do you see what he's doing? Instead of Justin Trudeau himself being put on trial for his abuse of our civil liberties, he's trying to flip it around and put the truckers on trial. But the truckers didn't destroy our civil liberties. The truckers didn't seize bank accounts or deploy riot horses against unarmed civilians. We have to be there every day during this commission of inquiry to report what's being said, to rebut the lies, and to spread the word, just like Rebel News did during the convoy itself. Rebel News was the most important news source for the entire world during the truckers. In that month, we had 400 million views and impressions of all our videos and stories and social media. That's as much as the state broadcaster, the CBC, gets on any given month. We helped save the truth, and we have to do it again. Here's my plan, and I need your help for it. We have rented an Airbnb right next to the judicial inquiry, and we have turned it into a temporary Ottawa studio. Every day, we're going to live stream the proceedings of this commission of inquiry. We're going to have journalists both inside, we've been accredited, and outside the commission talking to witnesses, talking to lawyers. They're probably going to be protesters. We'll film that too. If you want to know what's going on in the commission of inquiry, you've got to follow it at our specialty website, truckercommission.com. We're not just having a little studio. We are sending, over the course of the next six weeks, 15 of our reporters, not all at once. We're going to rotate them through two, three, four at a time in this Airbnb. All your favorite trucker convoy correspondents, Alexa Lavoie, Lincoln J. In fact, people from other cities at Rebel News are coming to Ottawa. I'm going to be there a lot, too. It is our job to tell the truth about the truckers and to stop Justin Trudeau and his hand-rigged commission from revising history. We can't let him get away with it. Justin Trudeau has to answer for his bonfire of our civil liberties. He's trying to push it off onto the truckers and make them explain themselves. But the truckers aren't the ones who seized the bank accounts or deployed riot horses. We need to be there, but it's expensive. This Airbnb for six weeks, a big Airbnb like that with four bedrooms for our journalists and room for our studio, 
That's costing us about $15,000 to fly in or drive in our journalists and to keep them going for six weeks. That's probably going to be another $15,000 too. We're going to have 15 journalists there. I need your help to cover this. Unlike the CBC State Broadcaster, I don't get paid from Justin Trudeau. I can't just call him up and ask for more money. We don't have big advertisers. We've been demonetized. It's 100% up to you. If you think Rebel News did an important job by telling the truth during the trucker convoy, and I think we did, well, then please help us tell the truth about this trucker commission. Go to truckercommission.com and chip in to help cover the costs of our Airbnb, our travel, and our 15 truth-telling journalists. You know, the Commission of Inquiry, I want to give them a chance to do the right thing, but so far they're off to a weak start. They sent around this bizarre email to other journalists saying, hey, let's have fun, people. Have fun. This is a deadly serious Commission of Inquiry into what Justin Trudeau did. Have fun. This is not about fun. This is about truth, and it's about justice. And only Rebel News will give that to you. You simply cannot trust the mainstream media. If you want to help me and my 15 journalist friends, go to truckercommission.com. You can follow all of our reports there. You can watch our live stream, see our interviews with the witnesses and the lawyers. And if you feel so moved, please help us cover the costs of this extraordinary journalistic effort. Please go to truckercommission.com. Thank you. We've rented a giant Airbnb right next to the Trucker Commission of Inquiry for the whole six weeks. We are going to staff it with Rebel News journalists. We're taking shifts. Fifteen of our reporters are going to cycle through this Ottawa studio, and we are going to cover the Trucker Commission of Inquiry as carefully and comprehensively as we cover the convoy itself. But I need your help. Please go to truckercommission.com to help me cover the extraordinary costs of this important journalistic mission. Thank you.